Right, well, welcome to our first ever episode of Uneducated Sports with your hosts, Ben and some idiot named Adam. How you going, hey mate? Hey, guys. Hey, good, mate. How are you? <laughs> oh, living the absolute dream. You know how it goes. Uh, it's been a bit of a battle to get here, eh? It really has. Long, long time coming after both of us complaining lots about the uh, Raiders front office, obviously. Yeah, it's uh, been an interesting off-season and uh, upcoming draft period, that's for sure. Oh, I could not agree more. Right, so what we're going to run down today pretty much is we're going to go through some AFL previews, touch on the stuff we just spoke about, how terrible the Raiders front office is. We might finish off with a bit of a dad joke today and then a bit of a multi of the week, if you will. So let's sort of just kick things off here, I guess. Bit of a chat about Thursday night's game with Brisbane versus Collingwood. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, look, there's been a lot of talk at the office about this game. and A lot of people are saying uh, Brisbane might be trying to create a kind of a fortress up there and make it impenetrable. But my opinion is that Collingwood is playing the best footy in the league at the moment. Um, you know, whilst they had a pretty inaccurate, I think is is uh, fair to say for their last game, um, I think they're going to want to come out and, and really show the competition who's who and I think they're going to run away with this one and probably win by five or six goals. How about yourself? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I reckon last week he said they were inaccurate. Pretty wet conditions, to be fair, against Richmond. Mm. And they still absolutely pants them, to be fair. Mm. Uh, look, and the big thing with Brisbane is which one's going to turn up? Yeah. Is, it the, is it round one Brisbane that gets pants by Port Adelaide? Or is it round two Brisbane that just look like they couldn't lose to anyone? Or is it the one that just doesn't defend and anyone could score against? So I'm with you on this one. I think the Pies should get home comfortably. Hmm. I, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, I think they will. Um, you know, I do like the idea that Brisbane could make it a, a fortress up there, but I just can't see it happening against Collingwood. I think as a team, Collingwood's going to be out to really bounce back off that. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't be happy with how they played, surely, internally. So... You know, I think they'll come back and we'll probably see that score line being reversed of rather than 8-15, probably be 15-8 or, or even more. Um, for me, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Brisbane Lion guys, in particular, Joe Danaher, you know, responds to a lot of criticism he's copped in the media. Um, whether it's fair or not, I'm a little bit biased. I wasn't his biggest fan when he was at Essendon, but reading... Um, Fagan's comments today about, you know, obviously Joey kicked four goals in one of the early matches and then as soon as he kicks four points, he gets slammed on. I go, yeah, there might be some merit to that. But, um, yeah, I'm tipping in Collingwood on this one. I'm a big fan of Joey Danaher personally, but I think that you got to take the good with the bad. Because if you try to make him into something he's not, he's going to be horrible. Just let yeah. him be what he's going to be and you'll get the good stuff. The one stat to do with Joey and a lot of other forwards, which I'd love to see, obviously we get how many goals they kick and how many points they kick. But how many times do they have a shot with no score? That's the stat I want to see because Joey would be the leader of that by a country mile. The amount of yeah, out-of-bounds shots he had uh, on, you know, from like, let's say, 40, 30 out that went out-of-bounds or didn't score, he would be the, the latter leader for sure. Well, speaking of which, we're going to get on to our next game and... Uh... Being a blues man myself, I can tell you we would be the kings of kicking it out on the full. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we had true. three last week and three the week before. <laughs> so uh, that, that's what I mean. In, leading into that game, Carlton versus North, I mean, if Carlton can't kick straight like they haven't been, the way North has played this year, I think they're going to give not only a good run for their money, I reckon they'll run over the top of us. Yeah, look, for me, I just 
I come back to questioning, and this isn't a dig at you, but like, how good is Carlton actually? They have a fantastic list. Everyone talks them up quite a bit, but are they as good as what everyone says they are? I'm not convinced. The first three rounds, don't get me wrong, it's not bad footy, but I'm just not convinced they're as good as what everyone says they are. Uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong um, as much as I want Essendon to absolutely pants you guys over Queen's birthday. I'm happy to be wrong. Um, King's birthday, you mean, mate? Come on. Oh, yeah, King's birthday. Um, But, you know, like, there's a lot of reliance on, you know, Cripps and Doherty to get those kind of 30-plus touches. Well, hang on a minute. I think you're referring to last week's game when (laughs) there was a half of a George Hewitt out there. No Matt Kennedy yeah. and no Sam Walsh. So he was, they were the only two midfielders we had left standing pretty much. Yeah, valid. I'll, I'll accept, I'll concede that one. But I, th- I think my biggest issue is when the list was built, we went for uh, thinking the game was going to be heavily contested. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah. Matt Kennedy, big body. Mm-hmm. Patrick Cripps, big body. All mm-hmm. these guys, big bodies. We took big key forwards, big key defenders. Mm-hmm. But then we never got those dynamic sort of players, which you sort of see as the. Stars of the competition now, like your Dusty Martin, now into your Jordan Degoe's, even you know, even your Christian Petrarca's quite quick. We don't really have yeah. those quick sort of players, so that, that, I think that's where we're going to get beat. Yeah, yeah. So what, you're you're predicting that North will, will get you, or uh, I think it's gonna, I think the midfield battle is going to be quite even. It's just mm-hmm. heavily dependent on whether the two big guys get in the way for Carlton. If they get in each other's way, I think North's just going to springboard straight off that and get goals because they'll be too quick. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, for me, one player that's been really, uh, you know, fascinating to watch has been the old Cheezel, who's, uh, you know, really come out of the blocks. And I don't know, from my point of view, he wasn't really... Simple position to play, though. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He does it very well. Like, he does, you know, I agree. His first three games, he's he'd be you'd almost put him in the elite back for the way he's played them. Um, and for me, it's just that, you know, I didn't really hear much of him leading up to this season either. So I was um, a big fan of his pre-draft. So okay, right. I, don't, I never saw him as a halfback, but I mean, he's obviously done well there. I saw more of him as a goal-kicking medium forward. Okay, yep. But yeah, he's he's. I think his decision-making, his skills are quite good, which is obviously why they've put him there. Just get him some easy ball, get him used to the speed of the game, and obviously it's just made it that much easier for him. It's good to see them have a, a general down back as well. You know, it seems yeah. like he's really leading that uh, back line. And seems like a real Luke out. Hodge type. Yeah, it's a bit odd there with uh, you know Clarko being the coach. Funny that. There might be something in that. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to remember right. that one for future. <laughs> I think I think we definitely need to, mate. Something in that for sure. So, uh, uh, but look, I am going to tip Carlton in on that one personally. So I think uh, I'll probably still go with the Blues, but yeah, it's it's a real danger game. I feel. A hundred percent. 100%, mate. Uh, next one's quite an interesting one with the way the season sort of started for both teams. I mean, Adelaide had a ribbing win last week in the showdown, mm-hmm. and Freo finally got off the mark, although, I mean, playing West Coast, so let's not put too much stock in it. My feel is that Freo's cooked themselves here. They've um, given away too much to get this big Luke Jackson bloke, and he's been half of what they expected him to be. So I, I think they're cooked. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Freo fan at all, pretty much. Uh, I, I just, their game style does not entertain me, nor does it, you know, make me think they're going to win games uh, super easily. So, yeah, I mate, I, I think, you know, Crows will be out to start to prove a point as well. Um, I think 
being in uh, in Adelaide as well, it's it's going to be pretty hard for Frio to travel over here. That's, sure. that's the other thing too. I love the way Adelaide's playing, so I'm definitely going with Adelaide on this one. I just there's no way I could possibly tip Frio. No, totally right. I think, and you know, Adelaide's got some good young guys coming through, so it's um, exactly it'll right. To, it'll be interesting to see how they you know kind of step up, but um, yeah, no, Adelaide for me, mate. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Right, moving on to the uh, Tigers and the Dogs game. Very interesting, this one, too. They're sort of sitting around the same mark at the moment. Uh, both A lot of people expected both teams to be a lot better than what they have been so far for the year, especially uh, the Dogs with their big four tools up front that sort of haven't really reached any heights as of yet, either team, to be fair. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I am happy to see Bulldogs do well, but, you know, can they actually put it together on, on the field. Uh, you know, that's what I'm struggling to find, you know, watching them and, and, you know, like you can never count out Richmond, right? Like they are, you know, they've been you know, arguably the informed team of the last, you know, probably three to five years. Uh, and they always, they always turn up week in, week out, you know, whether it's ugly ball or not, they've got that, you know, real surge mentality. But um, yeah, I certainly would like to see Bulldogs get up and going, but being at the MCG, mate, Richmond, should be able to get that pretty straightforward, in my opinion. I see this as a real toss of the coin, this match, to be really? honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Just with the way the Dogs played last week, came out to prove a point and played quite well, and Richmond, as I said, just haven't sort of got off to the start that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm probably with you, though. I'll probably still go with the Tigers, but, I mean, if I had to pick a margin, I'm picking like three or four points. I mean, you look back at, you know, the last two games, the Dogs, they, they've been very low scorers as well. So I think that, well, actually all three, you know, and, you know, whilst they played Melbourne in round one, but back to your point of that forward line, like, you know, how are they going to get it going? Where are the goals going to come from? And, you know, being Carlton and Essendon supporters, we certainly know that if you can't score goals against Richmond, you're going to get done because, yeah, you know, their back line is, truly. is supreme. And so, you know, and that's where most of their there. scores come from as well. So if you can't kick the goals, it's going back the other way. Yeah, oh, and, and quicker than you'll get back, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be going Richmond for sure, mate. Uh, this next one I look at as, I know it's not a snooze fest, but to me, I just couldn't care less about either of the two teams. Although the Saints have played fantastically to start the year. Well, yeah, depending on, depending on who they've played. But <laughs> the way they've played footy has been quite good. I just I can't get interested in it whatsoever. I think, I think St Kilda, you know, have played really well compared to what they have been. I still don't think it's uh, amazing football. Um, you know, being there, I was there on Saturday to witness the loss to them. Um, but, you know, they had, it was real patchy, real patchy. You know, in the first five minutes, Marshall's dominating the ruck. You know, his tap work down to the boys was phenomenal. And they're, they're inside 50 in the blink of an eye. But then, you know, on the flip side, their their errors are right up there when they... You know, they're almost too fast for themselves at times. Players don't know where to be. Um, there was a lot of finger pointing at times in the game as well. So, yeah, for, you know, it's definitely a up in the air on, on who's going to turn up on the weekend. But, mate, the interest levels are, are very low. Um, Marvel Stadium, though, you know, on the back of a, you know, what, you know, a, a good win, a high-scoring win on, on Saturday, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going Saints for sure, but... If there was going to be an upset of the round, I would pick Gold Coast as my upset of the round. My thing with this one is if this is on the Gold Coast, Gold Coast win comfortably. Being wow. down here, I can't trust the Gold Coast. Uh, I'm with you on the Saints here. Just because of how bad the Suns are away from home. 
Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Right, now this is another interesting game coming up next, the Sydney versus Port Adelaide game. I mean, after round one, you would have thought both these teams are looking potentially for top four, but Sydney, as soon as they hit their first half-decent team, just just couldn't come up with the challenge. And the power have been up and down already all year. It's been, it's been three weeks, and we don't know which side's going to turn up. <laughs> I, there seems to be a lot of that at the footy at the moment. You don't, you know... You've got your, your standout teams, uh, you know, like a Collingwood, etc., and Melbourne. You know what they're going to deliver week in, week out. But a lot of middle ground where we just don't know, um, you know, what's going to happen. So uh, I, I was actually I was at the Sydney Melbourne game on the weekend. I did think Sydney played well. Um, obviously, Melbourne got the cookies there, but you know that forward line is uh, something special for Sydney. I really do think. You know, you're always going to have Buddy there, and you know, whilst he might not kick bags every week. He is a great uh, player to have out there and, you know, will always take their number one defender. For me, you know, the player to watch in that game, this game and their team is Papley. He is an absolute goal sneak in not the cheapest sense at all. You mean the smallest centre-half forward in the history of the game? And you know what? He is kicking a goal at, at a sniff any time. You know, exactly right. His two goals were on uh, both feet and from 40 out on the run. And I was just like, man, that is impressive. So, um, you know, Swans, yeah, look, uh, I think they're going to get this one over the line for me personally. Um, Port Adelaide, I just haven't seen enough of at the moment. Uh, and then, look, being at the SCG, mate, Sydney, that, you know, when you speak about teams creating a fortress at a at a venue, they've certainly done that over the past, you know, uh, decade almost. Years. Yeah, well, twenty. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But yeah, I think they're they're forming into a, a good solid team at the moment, um, and just need to get that chemistry going. But that forward mm. line for me at Sydney is is probably one of the most dangerous ones going around, in my opinion. That's fair. I uh, I watched Port Adelaide in round one against Brisbane, and I thought they were the team to beat after round one. Mm-hmm. And then they have completely let me down ever since. <laughs> so I do, I, I'm not tipping them because I just can't do it. Yeah, They've done no, me no. too much already. I agree. I agree. That that one for Port was that that was in Adelaide that round one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at home. Uh, and then big, the only other game in Adelaide was against Adelaide, so it's not really a home game. No, I well, know, but I think that that plays a big difference for yeah, these Adelaide I agree. teams. But so. they, if you watch that game, they looked scary. Yes, the only yeah. way to put it. I think I think it was more in the back half of the game, wasn't it? I think the, the first the first quarter. Yeah, once they average. put the, yeah. once they put their foot down, though, it was just don't pretty much half time onwards, wasn't it? Yep. Mm, yeah. No, fair enough. Here's one we spoke about just previously. Obviously, you being a big Bombers man, you're going to love this. Two teams that are probably similar in there being, you'd say, probably middle of the road at this stage. Yep. Both if. This is another one of those ones, same as Gold Coast. If this was in Sydney, I'd, I'd be more leaning towards the, towards the Giants, to be honest. They just love that home ground. I 100% agree. And, and yeah, that's what gives me confidence as a supporter <laughs> here is that we've got it at Marvel. Um, you know, as much as I'd rather it be at the G, I'll, I'll certainly take the Marvel location for this one. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, look, a little bit biased. I think Essendon are doing good things. Um, we're just not quite figuring out the exact lineup we need. You know, a lot of people throw injuries around. Well, I don't really care about that. Like, yeah, Peter Wright, big, big out for Essendon. But, Huge. You know, like, 
It's not the be all end all either. It's, so. I don't think it is in this week because they've like GWS's two tall backs are amazing. So mm-hmm. I think you have Peter Wright in this week is not making much of a difference. No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, I think it's for for Essendon, it's more of a structure. Um, you know, that's what he brings in is you know, and he'll take one of those top two defenders. So, you know, uh, one of the little guys will, will get up and about. But, um, you know, look, it's it's going to be a tough one, I think. Yeah, Giants and Essendon, very similar um, setup in terms of where they're looking for the year. I think there was a lot of talk about both teams going into it. But, you know, for me, I, I think it's going to be one in that midfield. Um, you know, Tom Green and, and Josh Kelly having The thing good... you forget about GWS as well is their midfield is stacked. Yes, yes, and and that's yeah, that's how they started off uh, into the competition was to be able to stack yeah. it and everyone, you know, and then you, you chuck in the likes of Whitfield as well, you know, like that run coming. Kelly, Cornelio, yeah, Toby Green it. runs through there if they need. It's yeah. just there's a lot of very good players there. Just whether they like playing together, that's a different scenario. And I think the biggest thing is the pace. You know, if you look at Essendon's midfield, it is not a fast team and it's not a big team either. So. Um, you know, there ain't no way that, you know, someone like, uh, you know, either McGrath or Parrish is going to chase down the likes of Winfield and, and, no and whatnot. So that to me will be the difference. Um, but look, again, biased, but I will tip in the, the Dons here to, to get it done. I'd be saying less than two goals personally. I just don't think we quite have the firepower to take the sword to someone and, and put them away. See, I'm going against you here. I've, I have to back the Giants in this one. I thought they weren't bad last week when, and, and especially being on a quicker deck this week with all the skill they have at Eddie had, I just, I can see them having a ripping week. Disappointing here, you're tipping against me. Mate. Sorry, mate, but, someone's uh, got to do it. <laughs> someone does have to do it. I'll exactly rethink right. my carton tips for the rest of the season. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's gloss over the next one because it's, it's a bit of a, no, I mean, I could be proven wrong, but I feel it highly unlikely Eagles, even if they turn up, they're no chance. I'm 100% agree. Uh, look, yeah, over there, you know, big home ground advantage, but Melbourne's been there. In I the don't think it's going to matter. Done it. So yeah. Melbourne, I think, will be wanting to bounce back, to, uh, you know, not bounce back, sorry, really, you know, push and, and kind of get that, I guess, not respect, but be talked about in the same way that Collingwood has been talked about these first three rounds. You know, Melbourne's yeah. game on the weekend was very impressive. Uh, Oliver stepped up. Petrarca stepped up. You know, they really got it going. Uh, the the young fella for Melbourne, old Rue out there, he was, you know, yeah, very he impressive was, he as wasn't well. bad either. Yeah, I mean, he is getting a lot of uh, help and support, obviously, with big Ben Brown up there with him, who's been a serviceable player for a long time. And then, but, obviously, coming out of that midfield, he's getting fed oh, quite well. Silver platter. I mean, exactly if you're right. a forward hitting up that, wowee, it is on the chest every time. I reckon I'd be a so. chance of kicking a goal playing for Melbourne with that midfield kicking to me. We might I not probably still far. wouldn't, but I might be a chance. <laughs> it might be a chance, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think uh, Melbourne, and I would certainly be saying oh, close to 10 goals plus. Yep, I'm with you on that one. I can't disagree. Now, we mentioned this before, that this could potentially be the biggest game of the round, just because of the situation of one team in particular being Geelong. Mm -hmm. Winning the flag last year and starting with three losses is rough. A lot of people questioning them. Uh, You know, bottom of the table clash, even though we're only in round four, but 
I, I don't. I would. I would. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I would say this is the first time on a um, the traditional Monday Easter game that Hawthorne and Geelong have been bottom of the ladder as well. Uh, yeah, normally so it's the other end. It, it mate, they're at the pointy end, um, you know. But I mean, geez, you'd, you'd be you'd be a silly guy or girl if you uh, ever wrote either of these teams off, right? I mean, they have got depth there in in both teams. Um, as much as I potentially dislike seeing either team do well personally. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got to sit back sometimes and just go, yeah, they're both classy outfits. But yeah, who's going to turn up? Is, is Geelong hungry? You know, like, yeah, zero and three, they would not be happy with that. Down no, definitely the, not. Down at the Cattery, but yeah, geez, they've got a bit of an aging list with, I think, which I think really works against them. Um, so, you know, kind of, yeah, what at some stage, up. that's going to catch up with them. So it has to. It ha- I yeah. mean, they are all guns. Don't get me wrong. In saying that, though, Hawthorne's gone in the complete opposite direction. Mm. Anyone over the age of twenty-one, they seem to have gotten rid of. Yes. Yeah. Correct. And you know, like the one win they've had is against North, who are up and about. Yeah. Um, you know, but to get absolutely pants by Sydney in round two, that yeah, it would have. It know, didn't look great. No, nah, it was not great at all. So um, yeah, I think this is a this is a big one. Like, you know, the, the odds are, you know, fairly heavily skewed, um, you know, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than, you know, than what the, uh, the book is. I agree. Are, Being one of those traditional rivalries as well, like, I mean, oh, huge rivalry. They both they are going to get up for it. I think so, but like, which players, that one I can't put a finger on. I don't know who's going to step up. You know, you've got the obvious choices of danger and whatnot, but I just, I don't think, you know, it needs to be the next wave. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I think at the G, I think Geelong's got too much on the line here from a pride point of view. Hawthorne can still fall under that rebuilding and, and whatnot. So they've they can get of, away with the loss. Yeah, I think so. And I think Geelong will just want that bit more. But I tell you what, I'll be glued to the TV watching that game, that's for sure. I'll be driving home from Echuca, but I'll be listening. <laughs> well, hey, as long as you're in it somehow, mate, that's all yeah, we want. So are you, are you on the, the Catters as well? I'm on, on the one? Cats as well. I think the Hawks played quite well last week, but I don't think they can sustain that footy for four quarters. No, and for them, it's going to take four quarters to win that game. So, Almost five quarters, let's be honest. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. They're yeah. going really to gonna have to turn up on years. Sunday for the Monday game. Yeah, exactly, 100%. So. So in summary there, mate, what we've got, we've gone Collingwood to beat uh, Brizzy, Carlton to beat North, or North, Adelaide to beat Frio, Richmond to beat Bulldogs. Um, what, what did we say for Saints Gold? I think I said Gold Coast was the uh, the upset there. Yeah, I think you did. And I, I think I was going with the Saints there. Saints. So that's an even Stephen one there, one yeah. each side. Sydney to beat Port. I've gone the Dons. You've gone the Giants to break my heart. Which you're not happy with. <laughs> no, not happy. And I'm, I'll hold a grudge. I promise you that. Melbourne <laughs> to absolutely pants Eagles in, over there. And then Geelong to knock off Hawthorne. Yep. And that'll be an interesting round four where we can get a little bit more perspective on where teams are going to sit. I think so. I mean, yeah, still so early. But uh, some of these games, as you've said, uh, you know, is really going to shape what will happen the rest of the season. That's for sure. Exactly right. Let's move on to the most important topic of the night, though. Is it, there's a reason you and I are friends. <laughs> yeah, this is a mutual love-hate relationship. Exactly of right. One team it, overseas. It rhymes with Oakland Raiders, and that is <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Very true, mate. Very true. <laughs> oh, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Uh, I don't know if any of it's good news, but there's definitely news. Hey, the positive out of this is we have the best-looking QB. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there is not a... Female in the country, yet the world that wouldn't say no. 
Yeah, and especially now that he's got an extra $10 million a year. I mean, how can you and say no to that? he lives in Vegas. I mean, oh. what more could you want in life? Tax-free, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Just being yeah. cleaned and laundered every day. I mean, That's no. it. <laughs> you know exactly what my opinion is on this. We've spoken about this a lot yeah. between the Jimmy G and Derek Carr debate. Now, firstly, I'm going to touch on – I've seen some stats lately, all right? Oh, they're I saying. Like Yep, Jimmy G's win record is ridiculous. Plus, mm-hmm. he's got playoff wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to refer to the teams he's played on. <laughs> when he originally was at the Patriots was when Brady was there, and they were stacked. It was just drop him in and win games. Simple. And he's gone to the 49ers. Yeah. Have you seen their team? Their defense would be a top three ranked team. It, it's not... You, you, like, he... <laughs> It's not fair to compare his wins there to coming to us and what Derek has had to deal with the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, though, I do like the money that when the idea, sorry, that we're not spending the money that we were spending on Derek Carr. Jimmy G is a lot cheaper, which is a huge win. And as I've said to you before, yeah, my opinion on this is bring Jimmy G in as that presence. Draft a quarterback, build the defense. Uh oh. Couldn't agree more, mate. Um, you know, I think. Uh oh. There we go. You're back. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, you know, I'm back. Yeah, a few technical difficulties. Hopefully that doesn't come through, but we'll try and edit that one out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, definitely. You know, comparing the pair is going to be interesting based on the teams that are, you know, who they've played for and, and against as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think stats stats are stats. Like, you know, Jimmy definitely has, you know, some really good stats behind him. But, yeah, you know, Derek Carr's been put through the ringer with the uh, support or therefore lack of support around him. Very um, big lack of support. Know, but... <laughs> So, look, I think, yeah, I, I've, I've been saying to you for a while, I just really want to pick up a good young QB in, in the uh, draft. And, you know, I really, I'm going to be pretty disappointed if we don't uh, use, uh, what have we got, pick six pick seven. Uh, or seven, pick yeah. seven on one of the top QBs. So I won't be completely disappointed if we don't because next year's QB class is meant to be a little bit better. In saying that, though, we are hosting both Will Levis and Anthony Richardson for top 30 workouts. Which I love. I love so that. we're obviously thinking about it, which is mm-hmm. pretty good news. What do you think of those two? If you had to pick one, who and why? Well, I love the flair of, uh, of Richardson. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's out there. He's a big Josh Allen type character. He certainly is, and, and I think that is he, – he will have a career. I have no doubt about that. I just don't know whether that fits in kind of – and, you know, I don't know the behind the scenes, but, you know, I don't think it looks like it would fit in with the uh, culture or, or kind of background of, of what we have at the Raiders at the moment. So, for me, um, you know, I like Levi's. Um, you know, his, his arm is very impressive. Um, you know, it's great data and stats coming out of his, you know, obviously his college career. So I, I think he'd be the type of person that, you know, to chuck under uh, Jimmy G would, would be really good. Um, 
you know, so that that's where I'm kind of sitting at the moment on that. Would I be upset if we took Richardson? No, not at all. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk around whether he's a, a gamble and whatnot, but for me, um, you know, that throwing distance of, of Levi's, um, you know, we've got we've got some good wide receivers, man, and, and guys that can move and, and get open. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm I'm looking for. Um, you know, and, and you know, I think just his ability to, you know, get out of the pocket and throw it, um, you know, and you know, hopefully Jimmy can teach Levi's, you know, or whoever we bring in really, just to be a bit more nimble and move around. That's where I think Carr just probably bowled a little bit, um, was, you know, not really having that ability to just, you know, get out of the pocket, scramble and make something happen. I think he was quite uncomfortable with his decision making. Correct. That yep. which was his biggest issue. It wasn't that he made bad decisions, it was he was unsure of his own decisions. And that indecision is what led him to be what he was. Yes, yeah, correct. I think, you know, the idea of having, you know, someone come in who's quite a bit more athletic and happy to take on that scramble or run a little bit more is going to, you know, really suit us. Um, you know, I agree, Carr probably wasn't comfortable enough to do it and, and you can understand why, but I think that's that little bit of, not like plan A, but just that backup of, having a QB, you know, run for an extra five, seven yards, whatever it might be. Extend know, the play a little extend bit. Extend it, that's it. You know, it might be like a second and nine, and then they scramble for seven, eight yards. All of a sudden, you know, it's a lot better than being, you know, sacked and potentially pushed back. I agree. Could not agree more on that point. Now, speaking so. of more QBs, there's two very interesting ones right at the moment. I mean, one of them has completely lost his mind, gone <laughs> on a meditation camp for however many days he did. <laughs> And the other one, I'm surprised no one's going after. I'll start with the meditation guy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, what's wrong with him? Wow. <laughs> or is he just playing it perfectly the way he wants it? Like, I don't know. Because have up? you seen the list of players he asked for if he was oh. going to go to the Jets? But, like, why wouldn't you ask He wa- He wanted them to spend $12 million on Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah, I did. I that mean, it's a waste of cap space for one. Yeah. So <laughs> I think he might have finally lost his mind. <laughs> Yeah, look, very, very possible. Um, you know, look, it's just, it's more for me the way it's all played out. Like, what, what, what is even the end goal here for him? You know, or is it that something's already been signed off and it's already locked in, so he's just playing the, you know... Well, he's done this for the last couple of years, though. He's, yeah, like, teased not... with leaving. and is, is he one of those guys who goes, oh, jeez, is the grass greener? Yeah. And then he's just too much of a pussy to make a decision. <laughs> I'll let you tell him that to his face, mate. I will. <laughs> I mean, sure, he'll happily tell me that his $40 million a year is better off than my uh, $4,000 a year, but <laughs> too bad. Yeah, mate, money, money doesn't buy happiness, not always. Couldn't agree but more. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys a mansion on a hill that overlooks the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. And and box seats in the uh, in, in the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Mate. Exactly that's right. I mean, that would make me that. pretty happy. <laughs> oh, mate, Every game, but yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. Look, I don't have a whole lot of interest in it personally. I think it's just dragged on that a little bit too long, and I actually think it's gone pretty quiet as well. You know, I think, yeah, it has. Uh, but it's gone. I mean, we have now. been talking about this for a long time, so we we have. So I think it's just kind of lost its uh, it's lost its you know buzz for me. And and you know, like really, wherever he goes, is he is he going to take someone to a you know championship? Not I don't think mind. so. Not anymore. Maybe if you left no. two or three years ago, I would have thought so. It could, yep, agreed. But now yeah. it's just like, eh, 
whatever happens, happens. So is it going to um, be like when Matt Ryan left after Matt Ryan had an MVP season ten or so years ago? Leaves to Indianapolis to help them out, and he was just cooked. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that's what happens. So, um, look, good to follow and find out where it goes. But uh, you know, for me, yeah, I'm not fussed. And I'd rather talk about Jackson, to be honest. Oh, that's a, I think that's the big one as a player. Yeah, but nobody wants him. Which is weird, hey? Yeah, I don't what, understand what, all the, what do all the teams know that we don't? Yeah, there has to be something. I mean, I kind of understand why Baltimore doesn't want to because they think injury-prone, why would we pay a max contract to mm-hmm. an injury-prone QB when especially mm-hmm. they're already paying Mark Andrews a lot of money and he's also very injury-prone. Yeah, very true. Very so, true. I mean, I understand it from their point of view, but there's got to be teams out there that go, I mean, we don't have a quarterback. Let's give him a max contract. At least we're going to be a bit more competitive. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me... You know, t- comparing to who we've talked about, Rogers or Jackson, like Jackson is the guy that can go into a team, change everything. Obviously, he's got a long, you know, touch wood on the injury. He's got a long future ahead of him, and he could take someone to, um, you know, to a championship. But you know, like having said that, I mean, you know, like it's it's reported that you know he was offered a hundred and seventy-five million dollar total guarantees contract. Like you say that. Rogers has lost his nanas. What's Jackson saying no to that for? I think he's looking around at the other QBs going, I think I can get more than that. Also, <laughs> did you see, have you seen the comparison between him and Josh Allen? A negative, I have not. Drafted in the same year, career earnings so far, Josh Allen's roughly $64 million more than him. Wow. Yeah. And you can't say they're... Josh Allen's been that much better than him the whole, like $64 million a year. Not a year, sorry, $64 million total. He's when you're that on that much, much a year, what's $64 million going to do, though? I know, but I but think that's, I get I think that's I where get his it. grievances are coming from. He feels like he's not being appreciated as a player. Well, you know what? Sometimes you've got to get out and prove yourself, don't you? Yeah. Like, oh, I this is the I thing I don't understand with QBs, right? You want to win a Super Bowl, don't you? Oh, that's, what you that's what you're judged on. You're already making pretty damn good money. Mm-hmm. QBs are protected now. You can play for 20 years. Why yep. wouldn't you take a reduced contract to help the team get more players around you? Like instead of saying, I want 45 million, go, mate, I want 20 million, but I want you to get Aaron Donald or something. You know what I mean? Definitely. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Lamar does not like or trust the team and or the organization of, of Baltimore. You know, is, yeah. there, is there something in that? But for me, I think not. There's obviously something we don't know that, other team, you know, all the teams know. Um, but I tell you what, had he been option to come down to the Raiders, I would have taken him in a heartbeat over Jimmy G, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. Right, well, we've run a little bit over time than what I thought we would for our Definitely. first podcast. So I'm going to finish this off with a bit of a dad joke for you. I love it. Give it yeah. to me. Straight? Yeah, I might. I just... I just want to hear this because I'm ready I can't to promise it. they're good, but oh, they'll be, they'll be there. I'm expecting trash. Good. So I was at work today, right? And sitting at Smoko in the sheds. I was getting a bit thirsty. Yelled at one of the boys to throw me a drink. Throws over a can of soft drink, smashes me in the head. Lucky it was only a soft drink. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. I thought I knew where that was going. And I was like, no, just no good. Uh, it was terrible, but it's good. It's not, you know, it's not bad. I don't mind it. I don't mind yeah, it. That's they'll get sure. better. They'll get better. Well, no, we don't have to get them better, though, mate. No, nah, we don't. For a reason. So. Exactly right. 
Uh, well, yeah, appreciate that, Dad. So I'm going to finish with a multi that we've put together. Um, yeah, please so, do. You know, just looking at kind of getting a couple of multis together over the over these podcasts just to see if we can you know, get a bit of interest in potentially those boring games that are going around. So mm, definitely, um, we're looking at a six legger this weekend. Big boy. Um, we, yeah, big one, and uh, not exactly, certainly not guaranteed by any league. Um, but what we've gone with gamble responsibly, week, obviously. Obviously, wouldn't have it any other way, mate. Um, but what we've got um, this weekend is Riley Till, how do you, Tilthorpe, I reckon. Tilthorpe, that's yeah, the one, yeah. Uh, anytime goal scorer into uh, a same game multi for Sydney Port, which will have Luke Parker of 20 or more disposals and just Sydney head to head. And we're looking at Will Setterfield in the Essendon GWS game to get more than 20 disposals at $1.30. Grundy in the West Coast Melbourne game to 15 or more. And then Geelong Hawthorne to wrap it out on the Sunday. Uh, on the Monday, sorry. We uh, want to see Jeremy Cameron kick two or more goals. Uh, that'll get a little multi at $3.47. So that's what we're looking at. Not outlaying a big amount. Not expecting a massive win. But we're going to follow that one through the weekend. And... Next week, we will recap and see how we go. Uh, Hopefully get a couple of wins on the board early. That's what It would be about. good to build that little kitty. Otherwise, uh, the cheese and kisses might be having a word to us about how Yeah, it might be in a bit of trouble there. Eh? <laughs> but, yes, as you said, make sure you uh, gamble responsibly. And That's it, always. Enjoy the, the footy this weekend. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to call it there, aren't we, Benny? Yeah, I think we'll call it right there. Obviously, first episode of Uneducated Sports. Be releasing these weekly from here on out. Hopefully, uploaded on Thursdays. Well, with Fingers a bit of like pending pending schedules. Pending schedules. And, uh, I guess we'll uh, speak to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Benny. I'll catch you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. I'll talk to you later.